Hi, and welcome to Got a Hot Minute, where I take a few minutes to review books and other sources dedicated to the study of East German fashion history. This week, I'll be talking about Fashion East, The Spectra That Haunted Socialism by Georgia Bartlett, which I used as a main source for Tuesday's episode. And you can get this on Amazon for $9.99, hardcover edition. This is going to be structured a little differently. First, we'll talk about the author, a little general overview, discuss three major themes, and then chapter topics. So a little about Dr. Georgia Bartlett. She is a reader of histories and and cultures of fashion at the London College of Fashion. She's also been widely published and lectures on socialism and post-socialism. Some of her contributions and books include East Europe, Russia, and the Caucasus in the Berg Encyclopedia of World Dress and Fashion, where she's an editor of the Fashion and Politics volume. And she was a co-editor of Fashion Media, Past and Present. This is a comprehensive book of 326 pages with a rich compendium of images from fashion magazines, shows, and East Block dress competitions, fashion houses, dressmaking patterns, and so on. There are three sartorial narratives, which I'll get into shortly, utopian dress, socialist fashion, and everyday fashion over the course of the 72 years spanning from the Soviet Union to the 42 years in Czechoslovakia, East Germany, Hungary, Poland, and Yugoslavia. So what is utopian fashion? And this definition, mind you, for the book is specific to Eastern European countries and the relation to Western European civilization. So she asks in her introduction, can fashion, a phenomena deeply connected to its past of Western civilization, begin again at zero? Now, for the Soviet Union, she explains, this idea was tested shortly after the 1917 October Revolution with constructivism and geometric abstraction as its visual language. In this new socialist country that Lenin envisions, they did preserve artistic and sartorial connections from the West and briefly returned to a semi-capitalist system, the new economic policy in Russia. But in the end, the confrontation with the Bolsheviks and their disavowing of fashion created a split both ideologically and conceptually throughout the 20s. And mass production was ever also ever more central throughout this period. Regardless, artistic dress had its elitist following even in the highest levels of Bolshevik power. Naturally, all of this came to a grinding halt when Stalin rose to power in the 1920s. Now, in other parts of Eastern Europe and East, and East Germany, the utopian aspiration of decapitalizing culture began in 1948. A Bolshevik utopia became a blueprint for Eastern European countries in their quest to abolish any element of capitalism. This was, of course, logistically a shock to their system and their means of production. 
And ideally, ultimately, the working woman and her new style of dress was a manifestation of the Bolshevik utopia and the regimes that were its comrades. What is socialist dress? So this idea of developing, this idea began, first of all, you need a highly centralized system of socialist fashion, and that's imperative. We'll see that in Russia with the Dom Modeli House of Prototypes, which was supposed to mass produce dress for the entire country. And after World War II, this was then regionalized into chains. Now, we see a similar model in East Germany with the Institute für Bekleidungskultur, and we'll see that in a lot of Eastern Bloc countries. The book also explores the many sartorial expressions of this discourse, because ideologically, fashion is about change. It's fickle. It has trends. Bolshevism is none of this. And that discourse, the idea of socialist fashion, is a total paradox. And Bartlett draws a comparison to the socialist realist artists and fashion designers. Fashion was a medium to visual progress of what the socialist regimes had dreamed of. What is everyday fashion in a socialist context. This is where the difficulty lies, because regimes had to balance Western types of modernity in fashion with what was available in their countries. Fashionable clothing couldn't be purchased in shops. Because of the five-year plans and other practices, it was difficult to create an efficient and readily accessible fashion that was appealing. Dress patterns and home dressmaking services and a black market became essentials to an everyday quote-unquote socialist fashion culture. And Bartlett goes into this and more various practices administered. Now, if this discourse, if this discourse and others that I had talked about doesn't already have you hooked already, let's look at some of the central themes in her chapters. Chapter 1, Art versus Technology, Early Soviet Dilemmas on Dress. Chapter 2, Between Science and Myth, The Birth of Socialist Fashion. Chapter 3, East Europe, From Utopia to Myth. Chapter 4, The Cold War and the Fashion War. Chapter 5, From Beige, From Red to Beige, A Set of Rules. Chapter 6, the Decline of Socialist Fashion, and Chapter 7, Fashion Rising. So overall, I would highly recommend this book. It's a great compendium, and I'm definitely going to use this throughout the series of this podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. And on that note, thank you so much for your support thus far in, in this. I've had amazing feedback. I really appreciate it. Feel free and make sure to check out the accompanied blog that I post. And those posts usually go out Thursdays or Fridays to sort of be like show notes, have terms and translations, images that are complementary to my Tuesday episodes. So thank you so much and have a great weekend.